A 23-point loss to the Dogs wasn't the ideal end to Hawthorne's season, but the mood around the club, and certainly among supporters, is one of optimism and hope for the future as we head into the off-season. Also this week on the Hawk Talk podcast, a bit of Box Hill news and a preview of our AFLW blockbuster this Saturday night. So there's plenty to get to. My name is Nick Mason, and tis... What were the big talking points for you from the boys' final game of the season? I enjoyed the debutants. I enjoyed some of the ball movement. I thought all the guys that had performed really well throughout the year performed very well again. And for a side that's denied 13 guys off the list already with injuries, this is a pretty good result against what what are unfortunately finalists oh, yeah that was annoying i would have loved to have denied the dogs finals but <laughs> i mean carlton didn't hold up their end of the i market, mean it wasn't a bad script either no it was very entertaining <laughs> <laughs> must admit carlton choking for a second consecutive game was very entertaining oh indeed. you wouldn't read about it would you no like, if you were to write that story like specky mcgee imagine cyril put <laughs> Put that together. That's unrealistic. You'll have to rewrite that. (laughs) No one will buy it. No one's on board for this. No, but the Blues were in the top eight for every game, for every round, except when it mattered most. How about that? That's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's happened to them before. Mm -hmm. 77. I think it's happened to Collingwood once as well. Well, it has. Yeah, yeah. It will probably happen again too. To Carlton. <laughs> anyway, we need to they focus could on have, the They could have the Brownlow medalist and the Coleman medalist in the same team That's and right, not yeah. a final. Quite incredible. But no, it would have been nice to send the dogs packing. It wasn't to be. I will say that the vibe I got with the Richmond game the week before, it, something I said quite early on in our show, I think was, I got the sense that Hawthorne were ready for the season to end. I think vibe check for this round 23 clash didn't feel like that. I reckon they really had a dip, but there was so undermanned and ultimately outclassed. I mean, 23 points might have been a bit flattering when you look at some of the team stats. Oh, well, I mean, if you just want to go back to the 27 shots to 14, yeah, that says it all. You've got the... We lost the clearances yet again this year, so 49 to 22. Mm-hmm. Lost the inside 50, 71 to 39. See, now that's the one where I look at that 23-point margin and I'm like, yeah, we got off pretty well there with that with that loss. Well, well, also, we were fairly equal in the inside 50s last week against Richmond. Yeah. But that is a huge differential. Mm-hmm. And then the tackles inside 50, 24 to 4. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, we are missing a few of our... Uh, tackling forwards, but that's a pretty poor effort. I, I just thought that this is the kind of game, fitting at the end of the season, where it is a stark reminder where we really have to do something about this midfield. Look, uh, there'll be decisions made. Basically, if you've been watching the side, you will have seen that there have been less and less minutes spent in the midfield for Tom Mitchell and Jager Ramiro. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. They're looking beyond them now, which is fair yeah, enough. That's the pleasing thing. You can't say that they're not trying and they haven't been experimenting. I feel like this that's what this year has been about in a way. But uh, it does. Games like this and, and indeed the week before, they really do highlight the urgency of a really quality off-season, which is ahead of us now. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Something that has gone right, of course, is the return season. Of James Sicily, 33 touches this game at 72.7% disposal efficiency, an enormous game high, 748 metres gained, 9 intercepts, 17 marks. He is clearly, far and away, 
easy nod for fan MVP for this game. And it was interesting to hear Sam Mitchell give him the tick and say, yeah, definitely in the All-Australian squad. Oh, it would have been an absolute farce if he wasn't named. But as it happens, uh, we got that announcement. He has made the All-Australian squad. You would expect he'd make the final team, surely. Well, you never know with these things because they've overlooked Blake Hardwick, who's had an Mm. exceptional season. And I would say they've also overlooked Dylan Moore. Well, those are the two players we're going to get to now. Let's start with Blake Hardwick. Still averages just 16 touches a game, which is surprising because this was another one of those big games for Dimmer, another in a long line of them. You feel like in the back half of the season, he's really picked up. Uh, He collected plenty of it this game, finishing with 26 touches, 416 metres gained, disposal efficiency, very characteristic of him, of course, 88.5% and 14 marks. Yeah, I mean, he averages 16 touches a game and he's only conceded one goal more for the year. (laughs) That's right, yeah. As one of our listeners, Doc, points out, Blake Hardwick concedes 17 goals for the year and Cartgan, the All-Australian squad, is an actual defender. From what I can tell, it's because he doesn't take 10 unnecessary bounces per game or get 15 handball receives. There's a lot of watchability in that All-Australian lineup. Yeah, and that's the difference, isn't it? Like Hardwick's not. There's nothing flashy about it. Are you exciting? Oh, well, you're not getting in the 40. Yeah, you know. yeah. It's as if that there's going to be a demonstration of this team at some point. Do you feel that way? <laughs> like as if they're going to run out and play some mystery opponent? But that, that might be the difference. There's just nothing particularly showy about Blake Hardwick. Just this workman-like effort that he puts in week after week goes unheralded yet again, unfortunately. This happens to Blake Hardwick every year, and he usually gets... Uh, just desserts in the PCM voting. Yeah, there's the internal recognition at least. The club yeah. understands. All, all this external... How much does it mean to players? It'd be nice, but surely you, you want the accolades from, from home first rather than externally. I, I think it might mean something to you as a player, certainly, but um, in terms of how Hawthorne rates it, it's pretty low. You know, they never talk about them. That's true. Which, which surprised me when uh, Sam was going to speak about the All-Australian? Because we know that he he struggled to get recognition for a long time. That might have been why he went in, into bat for his boy, Sicily, there. but uh, And, I mean, we've seen Newcomb missing out on the 22 under 22, which is some sort of lovely little, what what do you say, uh, marketing-constructed team. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, well, well, it doesn't particularly inspire much confidence in the average footy fan, does it? Because that's a fan-voted thing. I, Shouldn't I, it be 23 under 23 now that they've got the medical substitute? You know? <laughs> there you go. Would he get in then? <laughs> Who knows? But no, it was fan voted and uh, no no room for Jai Newcomb apparently. Just He's a red hot contender for the rising star. No one thought he might make the cut. Listen, Dacos didn't even make it into the 40 for the All-Australian. And yeah, that, there you go. That struck me as weird. Also, Shane Crawford got on Twitter to have a crack about that. Oh, did he? Good for him to come out with an opinion. I can't wait for him in that musical that's coming out. <laughs> I was just about to mention, I can't wait for him uh, in, what is it, Joseph in the Technicolor raincoat, is that it? Dreamcoat, is it? Dreamcoat. Good luck to him. Tomato, tomato. He's the pharaoh. He is, he is. It's the the role he was born to play. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I've never seen it. Anyway, Dylan Moore, one of the two players to finish the season, Tiz, averaging 20-plus touches and a goal a game. The other being media darling Marcus Bontempelli. But you'll never hear about Dylan Moore. No, that's fascinating. I didn't realise he, he did average that. That's incredible. Again, we, and we stress it every time he gets in the in the start of our podcast, the, the notable players to mention, foot out the door. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Foot out the door. And now he's turned into some sort of a player. 19 touches this game and two goals won. A pretty decent return. Uh, surprised to read, though, that he didn't register a tackle. That is most unusual for Dylan Moore. Mm-hmm. But uh, other players turn up in that regard, so it's all good. Jack Gunston, to talk about turning up. A Tassie specialist. Another four goals straight for Gunners in very tricky conditions, to say the least. What about that? The goal, the set shot where it just swung in at the last minute. If uh, if that is his last game, mm. that is a fantastic memory to yeah, have. A great note to go out on, isn't it? It is for Hawthorne, I mean. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It could be his last haul for the Brown and Gold. Whispers... But, it, but, it, but the emotional roller coaster of seeing that go flying left <laughs> and then it come all the way back to the right and wondering whether it was timely enough to have gone through the posts because it ended That's up... That's right. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a viewer with that front-on cam, yeah. you weren't quite sure if it made it through. It was a bit like uh, Dylan Moore's goal down there a little while yeah. ago, that snap, which you couldn't yes. tell from that, the coverage that was last that had year, gone through. It? Yeah, yeah I, I remember the exact one that you mean. I think it was against the Lions. Uh, anyway, it, it could be Jack's last game for the Browning. We just don't know. Um, we've heard whispers of... Brisbane are coming calling. I think there's just been at least an inquiry so far. Well, we just had dinner, and, and I said to you, what if Jack, Luke, and Lance all end up in the Brisbane forward line and Hitwood, go, Hitwood goes into defence? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Does a bit of a jecker, is what you're talking about at that point. They could all walk there, couldn't they? I mean, they could all end up there. It'd be a hell of a side. Would that stop them choking in the finals? <laughs> I'm only speaking the truth, mate. Uh, you're all over Richmond beating them, but I hope that doesn't happen. I only think that because Brisbane, I can't trust them. It's like Port Adelaide. I don't keep, keep dropping the ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't depend on them. I would love for Richmond to be eliminated straight off. I just don't see it happening. Anyway, Jack Gunston, hats off to him for hopefully not his. Do you want him to be at the club? I want him to remain at Hawthorne. I just feel like Jack is on the move. Mm. I don't feel Bruce will leave. You don't feel Bruce will leave? No. Okay, because the names that we're looking at really, I reckon, if you want my opinion, Shields will go to North, Gunston could end up at Brisbane, and if that's the case, then we do likely retain Bruce, is my feeling on that. Yeah, did you enjoy Clark on the couch where he was asked whether he'd contacted any players? Yeah. He said, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, I just bumped into a few, and, <laughs> then they, and they all laughed uproariously. Yes, how are we feeling about Clark in his new colours? Maybe it's a question for me. Yeah, I had I, a feeling that was coming my way eventually. Yeah, I, look, I'm wrapped. Let's let's talk about what we think he's going to do at North. Do, how we, do, you do think we have to? How do, you, how do you think I'll, I'll give us thirty Nick? seconds. Come on, what, what's your greatest fear? Um, I, I don't really hold much fear around his time at North. I don't think he's going to do that that well. Is that? I wish him well there. I genuinely I, do. I mean, I like him. I like Clarko. That hasn't changed. But I just I don't see him having success with this team. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't look like he will for a while, but he's got five years to get it done. Yeah, I understand It's going that. to be a fascinating watch to see what he can do this time. Well, it's different, isn't it? It's different now because it really feels like he's building from the bottom again, which is something that he couldn't... He wasn't ready to indulge in with Hawthorne. That he kept on topping up and topping up. He just wasn't ready to go again from the very bottom. Yep. Yeah. So that, that might be the game changer for him. I'm not sure. But uh, no, something tells me it's it's not going to work out. Uh, it's not going to translate to premiership success. There's a lot I mean. of lot of pressure. The Messiah complex. They reckon everything will be better now that he's there. 
Yeah, certainly the supporters felt that way. They went into a bit of a frenzy. And meanwhile, you had Essendon the other side of the coin. They, yeah, they were enjoying their own frenzy. You can't tell me Clarko didn't ring a few and went, watch this. <laughs> watch this. I'm going to just put them on the lure. I'm oh, just going to put they, the lure in the water nah, and see what they do to try and get themselves. me there. And then, Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's it was like, like a chicken that carves itself up. Wasn't it? It's like gravity. All you need is a little push. It was, it was just amazing. And the chief architect, Sheedy himself, who Clarko has come out and let it be known that he heard Sheedy's interview that we spoke about That's last right. week. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's hope they get Hurdy back. It was very unlikely now that he's delisted his son. Yeah. Uh, I've no idea. You know what? I was about to say, I have no idea what the club's thinking and I don't much care. It just looks like Dodoro don't want him back. <laughs> Dodoro do's and don'ts. This is what rules that club, apparently. We need to move on. Anyway, back to Hawthorne. Back to Hawthorne. That's what because I was trying to steer we, us. What, what I want to say is that, although we've had board trouble, we've, we've moved through that now. Okay, so this is the very last time we'll mention Essen in this podcast. I only bring them up again because well, that's, of... That's not true. Because of Sam Itatsu. Yeah, in fact, that's completely... That's a lie. Yeah. It's a blatant lie, listeners. we're talking about the AFLW Exactly later. right, yeah. Well, well pointed out. Well scouted, <laughs> Tiz. Uh, but in terms of the, the men's side, one thing that struck me about Sam Mitchell's presser was there was such a motif of support and, and unity and togetherness. And... Uh, after consuming days of this rabble that is Essendon and loving it, it's just so much Chardonnay, it's <laughs> overflowing, tears. And I, I, I just... I thought it was so great listening to Sam speak about how supported he feels and it was a good note to end on. And his thank yous to, yes. to us, the Straight supporters. Up. Yeah. yeah, pretty much might as well have been right down the barrel at the start of the presser, thanking the supporters. I thought it was a great touch. Uh, it was, despite the loss, there were positives. It was a feel-good day, I think, for Ben McAvoy to register those two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he only had the five touches, two goals from five touches. <laughs> it's in some senses, not a bad game. Uh, John Newcomb was down on his usual output, but I love the fact that he had three goal assists. Coming to the end of the year, these guys are going to be sore and sorry and tired, and it was just good to have some... Fresh legs coming to the side. I thought Saunders and Ned Long covered acres of space. Their yes. enthusiasm was great. Mm-hmm. I think the you seven know, touches I'd, for Saunders and 11 for Long. I didn't appreciate that Jacker got dropped. Or did he get dropped? Yeah, no, I, b- I believe he was just um, omitted from the side, which was a surprise to a lot of Hawthorne supporters, myself included. Contract talk? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But I'm, look, I was happy to see Saunders and Long. And I think that probably shows Hawthorne's hand as, as far as retaining, well, no long sign, but Saunders seems to be uh, part of the vision, so to speak. I liked Josh Ward as well. Josh Ward is a midfielder. He's coming along really strong back into the season, I think. 24 touches, team high number of pressure acts. Uh, I feel like um, he shows a lot of promise. Yeah, when we got the crystal ball out earlier and we took out everybody who's over 28 from the, the side and looked forward at... You know what the team might look like. Ward and Newcomb were a pretty good pairing in the centre. They're going to need to be, as Justin points out at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, in contested ball, we're currently eleventh. Clearances were dead last. Inside fifties, we sit fourteenth. I can't see how we trot out Mitchell, O'Meara, Warple, and Wingard when it's simply not working alongside the kids. After pick six, we have pick twenty-four, and next pick after that is pick fifty. I would ideally like another two picks before pick fifty. Hard to argue with that, too. This is exactly what they're going to be going for. So they want... Last year, we were looking for first-round picks. I think they'll be prepared to settle for second-round picks for mm-hmm. for Mitchell, O'Meara, Warple. 
I wouldn't say Warple. No, no. Well, yeah, let's take Warple out from this list because he's definitely the future as far as the club sees it. Yeah, I think he, he is part he, of that. He's going to be given every opportunity to shine next year. Rightly or wrongly, I know he's got his critics this year. Certainly, myself, I've been critical of him this year, but uh, I'd take him out of that equation. Mitchell, O'Meara, Wingard—they're probably the guys I'd be looking to offload. And I think you're right; we would be willing to accept second rounders. We we just need to get talent into the club. And but so we have got... no salary cap pressure, so no. But it's just no. a fact that those guys are some of the highest paid at the club, mm-hmm. and it's not bang for buck. It's just, it hasn't worked out. You can see, and this is Clarko is doing, you can see what he's trying to do. Hasn't worked out, so I think we start charting our next move. And, uh, well, that would be my guess, but I guess this is, we're right at the very beginning of the off-season. We'll see what happens there in that space. A question from Al here. Serious question. Have we travelled back in time to April 1st? Only explanation for Duke missing the 22-22 team. Do you think you'll get equally snubbed by the rising star judges? I think you'll lose to Dacos, but anything lower than second is rubbish. Oh, surely he Quinellas in the mm. in that. But the 22-22, it's just a farce. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. No, it's just it's fans voting for it. It's a popular contest. Remember when Danaher won Mark of the Year for fairly... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's in the same basket. So if you forget about that. As for the rising star... Now, I think I read something online today in our Hawthorne community around the podcast that Newcomb, in terms of rising star nominees and, and like real red-hot contenders, he's earned the most coaches' votes. Yeah. Now, that's got to count for something, right? No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Who am I kidding? Doesn't count the, vote, for the coaches aren't voting on it. No, I guess not. Do, do we have, do we know the panel? Something tells me Kane Corns is on it. <laughs> I don't know why I suspect that, but I think that no, might be the a, case. It's a, just a series of footy personalities. Okay. No, I don't trust footy personalities famously, as people have heard on this podcast. Uh, yeah, I would say podium finish at the very least for Duke. Seems about right. He's earned it. Uh, we've heard from Bobby now at Hawk Talk Pod. How do we rate Sam's rookie year as coach? Huge success for mine. Eight wins compared to Clarko's five in 2005. Attractive brand of footy, plenty of debuts, graciously phased out oldies and fringe players. No off-field incidents. He handled the Cyril racism stuff well. I feel the club is in great hands. What do you reckon, Tiz? I certainly feel like the club uh, has changed its um, demeanour to be a bit more back to the family club style. They're bringing in the... yeah. Fathers of the other recruits, they're um, bringing the AFLW side to train with the AFL side. Yeah, uh, they flagged some... that culture shift fairly early on in, mm. in Sam's tenure. Like the right as soon as he came in, that that's felt not like easy. You've got to stand by it and yeah. make sure that that's you know it's held up as something that you want the players to indulge in. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, just how well it's gone, well, you just look at individual development. And Sicily comes back, and who would you say has developed the most? Well, this, Mitch, this... Mitch Lewis, you have to give a nod to him. Yeah, Mitch Lewis most improved? Well, yeah, probably. Right, but then still missing games. Yep, yeah. So that, that's a problem. You'd have to say uh, the back line was pretty efficient this year. Lots of... Easy goals over the back, though, mm. but generally they've improved. Mm-hmm. Will Day hasn't improved. Cozzy hasn't improved. Yeah, CJ... The midfield functioning hasn't improved. That's yeah. been down. I felt CJ kind of hovered a bit, 
Bramble kind of hovered a bit. Well, Bramble's yeah. been too injured. Yeah, I, I understand that. But Reeves is a highlight. I would say, and certainly for our um, our bonus content, we're, we're going to revisit all of our predictions. But I would say we had high hopes for a number of guys that didn't necessarily go backwards, but they kind of just hovered in place. And that was a bit underwhelming. But we were surprised by how well they did early. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised by how uh, consistent they've been with the number of injuries they've had. Mm-hmm. Blank has been incredible addition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, never saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I in feel general, like the I've... ability to replace a, a soldier with another soldier has been pretty damn good. Yeah, the game plan seems to hold up with whatever personnel are out there. Yeah, that's true enough, and, and obviously. It's at the start of its development. Yeah. You know, Sam's vision, we're just right at the start of that. So for a first year, I, I think, personally for mine, I think Bobby in his question spelled it out pretty well. I, I find it hard to disagree with any of that, and I'm pretty content and optimistic with what we've seen. And we've lost a few games on pure team selection. I'd have oh, to say that. Yeah, that's true. And I thought you were going to say luck as well. And there's been an inability to arrest momentum in games, scoring yep. momentum. Mm-hmm. And but but it's also the flip side of it too. We've also seen a Hawthorne outfit that can score at will. Beat Geelong. Beat yep. Geelong. Yep. Who you are most afraid of on the precipice of a premiership. Yeah, no, I am. But I feel it on the precipice of a great fall. Oh, I hope you're right. Yeah. But we've been saying this for years. We hope I have, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wish it had happened. Dear, oh dear. But their VFL side, shocking. So. That's true. That's true. So maybe it is coming and, and hopefully sooner than Got we... to. Yeah, anyway. Come on, Isaac Newton. I mean, yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Everyone thought I was saying Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> and back to gravity. I'm sensing a theme in this gravity, podcast. Gravity, yeah. It's all about gravity. Uh, the gravity of Box Hill's 57-point loss. It'll be interesting to note. Uh, on paper, one of our worst performances for the year. And it became apparent that Sydney, as you flagged last week, Tiz, I think, has some excellent depth about them. Yeah. Uh, Porter and Shields replicated their most recent efforts, which is great to see. They're both all heart for this Box Hill side, gathering 35 and 32 touches respectively and six tackles apiece. Is Porter any chance to make our list? I would say that he is. He's shown plenty. He's been amazingly consistent, and I really do emphasize heart and soul of this side. He's incredibly important to Box Hill's fortunes and has been for a long time. Uh, So I think... That pair, they battled hard. Uh, true to form, Kavara was our lone shining light up forward on a tough day. He kicked four straight. Green, on the other hand, had a dirty day at long last. He kicked 0-4. Uh, 62 to 49 inside 50. So close than you'd think given the margin. But um, yeah, it, it was a tough day. And to end the season that way, it's not the kind of momentum you want heading into finals, that's for sure. Ah, uh, Yeah, but they were robbed of Long and Saunders and other players that'll come back for the elimination final but you know i was really desperate for green to get up and win the goal kicking for the yeah i think we're talking about last week i think burgess ended up with i think three goals including the sealer for gold coast so he ended up on 52 Mm -hmm. green didn't kick a goal ended at 49 and then third is Mm -hmm. ben cavara yes i I thought he was in the league you know with 40 41 yeah, no, this Box Hill side certainly has some potency about it when it gets its game going. It wasn't to be on this occasion. Up the other end of the ground, though, Emerson Jekyll with 24 touches continues to impress in that reinvention as a defender. It seems a distant memory now. 
the, the last year's former is kicking bags upon bags of goals. But uh, another sour note, though, we must mention, and we need to get the specifics of what exactly this injury is. Uh, Sam Butler was apparently injured in the first term. Look, it's just a very dirty day for Box Hill. They they never looked likely at all. They were inaccurate in front of goal. No, that, that um, first term... Green was spooked, kept dropping marks. That, that first term, Sydney got a buffer that was the game, yeah. basically. They, they never looked back and... Yep, just not our day. But remember what I said ages ago, Tiz, that we missed some golden opportunities to bank those vital premiership points. Well, we just got away with losing some of those games. <laughs> we got away with it just barely because at the conclusion of round 23, just 4.3% stood between a finals berth and a very disappointing end of the season. So Box Hill, they have qualified. They finished in eighth on the ladder. And here's a neat little twist. Relegated Richmond to ninth in the process. <laughs> so all's well, it ends well. Next, the elimination final. Gold Coast versus Box Hill at Metricon Stadium, where we knocked them off earlier this year. Yep, Very drum roll, please. For the time? Yeah. Yeah, the super convenient time of Sunday, 6.05pm. Amazing. <laughs> so you'll likely be home. You watch that one over dinner. Stream it on the uh, the AFL website or the AFL app. 6.05 p.m. Sunday. Is that so it doesn't compete with the AFLW? I actually don't know. Maybe. Must be. Anyway, on to the AFLW. Essendon versus Hawthorne. <laughs> There's at that segue we were chasing. Marvel Stadium. <laughs> Marvel on... Stadium, Saturday, 7.10 p.m. Very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, they finally moved it, and my $10 tickets are still valid. Here you go. You're trying to provoke a rant. Really yeah. quite annoying. Well, I'm frustrated because I jumped on board as a member. Yeah. And then this, early, early, got well, on board early. Well, I made a point of doing it. Supporting the club. That's right. I made a point of doing it. I know for a fact they've hit their goal. Yep. Their and goal was about 4,000 members. They're up to about 4,500. And this week. And there's a drive on to get more members. Yeah. That's right. There's what a, could be wrong with that? Well, it all sounds pretty good, but there's. It a, is good. It's great. New <laughs> memberships. You're being such you an asshole. You can get 50% right off. <laughs> being such a jerk. No, it's good. <laughs> What, what could f- possibly go wrong here? Well, there's a free upgrade. Is there? <laughs> you're such a dickhead. <laughs> I just think that you reward the people that jump on early. What's the What's the lower one called? Because I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Nest member. Oh, when, you're Nest. When I could have got a free upgrade to Wings. Wings. If I just had it held off. But no, I jumped in early to support the this club. This is all because... More fool me. This is all because earlier in the evening, I suggested we get Wings. 4D chess, eh? <laughs> It's a recurring theme on this podcast. You anyway, you're all right because apparently there's five dollar tickets down to the game. That's well, that's it. There's also a two for one offer. I'm like, well, I've already got it. I've got that sorted as well. So I'm just, I've been burned twice. Is my look. Point. It's great for those you know listening to the podcast now. Ring the club. Oh, so no, if you are going to, if it really matters that much, be nice to them. Because they are great. They're actually... Oh, I'm, no, I meant take advantage of the offer. I didn't mean oh, that. Oh, okay, not complain. Bring up and have a whinge. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to point out that in terms of customer service, Hawks membership staff are absolutely lovely. Uh, some of the best customer service you'll ever experience. Now, Hawthorne, Essendon, Marvel Stadium, Saturday, 7, 10 p.m. Let's look at where we've come from. It's hard to get a read on the expansion teams. And we've got two of them here. We can only really really speak to Hawthorne in any great detail. I thought it was a brave effort in defence against Richmond. Uh, they absorb punch after punch, but it's kind of unsustainable when you lose shape ahead of the ball because you're actually trying to bolster that back line a bit too intently. Uh, I thought Duffin and Stevenson are really good leaders back there and they're going to be vital this week for our round, round one clash. 
especially since Essendon seem to have a strong forward line. Yeah, so marshalling space ahead of the ball is something they're going to have to learn. But I would have thought that the the lack of um, experience in the Essendon lineup would just even this out. It should be a very even contest. I just hope it's um, high scoring, to be honest. Well, I did notice that Essendon do really have a lot of high-profile recruits. But then when I actually stopped to think about it, I thought, well, we've brought in some good talent as well. This is not Hawthorne VFLW Mark II. There's a lot of AFLW-level talent in our list. I think it's going to be important to see what the midfield do and how they fare. They really need some composure and polish. I thought we lacked both in our practice match against the Tigers. Uh, We've got captain and clearance queen Tilly Lucas-Rod, who we took from the Saints, set to have a fairly green supporting cast in a couple of our draftees, Fleming and Baskerin. Now, Fleming, interestingly enough, I noticed today by the Herald Sun, Tips for Rising Star by four different authors, four different writers at the Herald Sun. Yeah, yeah, including Robbo. Yes, that's so. right. Lauren Wood, John Ralph, Matt Turner and Robbo have been named as Rising Star by the end of the year when all's said and done. Kate McCarthy will miss through suspension. That's going to rob us of some outside run. But we've got Caitlin Ashmore, who then becomes extra important as a result. Uh, I, I think one thing I noticed from the Richmond game too is that half-forward very frustratingly, it was a bit of a dead zone for us because their well-marshaled defence just took the easy intercept time after time. Yeah, well, they weren't under pressure. No, and and even if they were, the ball would just bobble back out as easily as it came in. And, and that, you know, a bit of that is on Perkins and, and Tamara Luke, but if the delivery isn't there, you do need the likes of Barbacos and Locke really heaping on the pressure to, to retain the ball in our front half. Perkins wearing the 23 on Saturday. The famous number 23, yep. Looks to uh, Roughhead and, and Buddy as inspiration. Don't we all? Well, exactly. <laughs> Got that in common. Uh, Liam asks, how keen on a scale of 1 to 10 are we to see a women's team wear brown and gold in the elite competition? Well, I think a bit like Connor Nash attending the uh, season launch. I've got mm-hmm. an 11 on my back. <laughs> there it is. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. We are both absolutely keen to attend this game Saturday night. Uh, Liam also asks, will you be doing weekly pods for the AFLW with data-driven analysis? Absolutely. Gung-ho will be doing that for the whole year. No, I don't think that'll be the case. No. This podcast, for my own sanity, and I think for Tizzers as well, we're going to have to take a break at some point. We are absolutely Well, we're covering... reviewing the first game. Oh, it's it's history. You cannot miss this game, and we're certainly going to be covering We'll be back next week to recap all the action. I think after that, I think more of a social media presence just for a little bit. But, of course, we're far from done for the year. There's just there, There'll be still so much to cover with the AFLW. We're going to be hitting the, the, the trade period and, and the draft, and, of course, Box Hiller in the finals. We're far from done this year, but, you know... We might take a little bit of a break. Also, I want to take a little while until the data actually reveals anything about how they're travelling. Yeah, well, that's it. As I flagged, there's just so much that's still quite unknown about this Hawthorne side. So, oh, look, I'm rearing to go as a spectator. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll take me a little while to get a feel for the players and, and, the, yeah. and the strategy and that. Yeah, that's right. It's... <laughs> You know, I feel like I've spent much of the year looking at our VFLW side and getting a handle on what they do. It's being naive to say it's going to be the same. It's going to be a completely different ball game and a completely different vantage point as well. I'm used to being at about eye level in suburban <laughs> grounds. But uh, no, this will be at Marvel Stadium. It's going to be massive. And I still maintain there will be a melee. You reckon? I reckon. Okay. Before the bounce? I reckon there'll be a bit of pushing and shoving. I think it'll be fiery. Okay. 
Both clubs are going to be very keen to have their players up and about, and I think it's going to spill over onto the field. You think the board members are in their ear at Essendon? Which ones? Who's left? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we do need to wrap up. Uh, We'd love to see a few more ratings and reviews up on Apple Podcasts. Now, if that's how you listen to the show, if you do enjoy what we do, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a few seconds to rate or review the podcast. That'd be awesome. And uh, cheers as well to our ever-expanding community of diehard Hawks fans right at the end of the season here. Uh, over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. To find us, simply search Hawk Talk Podcast on all of those platforms. And of course, we'd like to extend a huge thanks to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers for coming on the ride with us this season. Your support is much appreciated. It allows us to put time into this show week after week. Now, Tiz, we'll be hitting record on some exclusive bonus content in the week ahead for our Patreon subscribers. Namely, at the very least, we have our end-of-season player gradings. We've got to look back at our guide as well, see what predictions we hit right on the head, see see where we came up short. So that is a lot to look forward to for those that have signed up on Patreon. It is subscriber-only content, as I said. Uh, so if you're keen to have a listen to that and all of our other past present and indeed future bonus episodes check out all the details at patreon.com slash hook talk pod so we're off in red time now yes red time questions this is when we get a bit loose on our man and get goals kicked against us is that right (laughs) well that's the hawthorne side yes famously (laughs) but uh no for us we're on the road to the the end of the recording sesh that's basically what it is so you got any uh you got any rumors or anything like that like is langford from Essendon, still looking at us? I thought you were talking about Will. And I was like, yeah, bloody hell, bring him back. Or uh, Junior Rioli from mm-hmm. West Coast. Maybe. I mean, the the player that's on everyone's lips is Brody Grundy. This question from Doc. Uh, could he be the injection our midfield needs? We lose clearances every game, and Grundy, even this year, rates elite for clearances. His ruck work is top class, and with the big boy retirement, we do need ruck experience. What does a trade look like, and should we do it? Let's do it. I'm going to say, let's not. No, let's do it. No, why? Why would you do it now? Why would you want to watch Hawthorne without Brodie Grundy when you could watch Hawthorne with <laughs> Brodie Grundy? That's a compelling argument, but I feel like the timing's all wrong. I feel like the timing is fantastic. What's he, 29? Yeah. We're not close to contending. Four years. He's got a five-year contract with Collingwood. They're going to pay off 30% of his contract for the next five it, it, years. It puts us in a position where... You're getting a $900,000 player for 600 It puts us in a position where we have an all-or-nothing season. No, where, we don't. No. Yeah, it does, because then, then Grundy retires. That's and fine. if you haven't won a premiership by then... We're not winning a premiership by then. That's not on the radar right well, now. Well, in four years' time, I would hope that we're in the hunt. Yeah, but if we're in the hunt, Grundy ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, because Reeves... Okay, all right. It's fine. Look, you cannot get... Look, we've already spoken about getting rid of Amira and Tom Mitchell. Yep. And then, what, they're going to be sharking novice rucks as well? I'd sooner back Reeves, to be honest. I know that's a huge call. I know Grundy's been injured this year five games, but his previous seasons have been fabulous. Oh, I'm not, I'm not that worried about that. Right. Yeah. I, I just think the age profile doesn't work. I'd be taking a younger ruck. Just who that might be... Is a different question. I'm not. I well, don't have a, an alternative to present. To well, I think fair. you need an experienced ruckman. Otherwise, yeah. you, you know, you want to play two. Yeah, you do. You want <laughs> to play two ruckman. I think that's what Hawthorne want to do. Right, and so and so Reeves is being tutored by the other one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who better than Grundy? 
Yeah, I, I see your point. He already has an affinity with Max Lynch. Poor Max, kept out of the side by Grundy again. <laughs> oh I don't think it happens. I don't think you've got no, anything to worry about. No, of course it doesn't happen. We're, because he'll go to Melbourne. He will absolutely go. They'll lose Jackson. He'll go to Melbourne. Bada bing, bada boom. That's it. But it'd be great because as soon as Brody Grundy is coming off our list, Max Ramsden's ready to go. That's about, yeah, the, I, that's about the timing of it. I understand. I think... I see you, you make some compelling arguments. I, I think we should agree to disagree on that one and move on. This question from Paul. What does a Hawthorne without Kennett look like? A little bit younger, I would have thought. <laughs> virtually, politically, I'd say virtually indistinguishable. He's got one of his acolytes installed after him. Yep. Which is not really the ideal outcome for a lot of Hawks fans, including the, the supporter group Hawks for change. I would say he was a political animal like Kennett is. No, no, that, that's true. The question is, you know, what does Hawthorne sound like without Kennett? It'd probably be silent, serene. Anyway, it's all about, at least ostensibly, being on the same team, unlike other clubs. So <laughs> yeah, well, they, they do that well, I think. There is that. Yeah. There, there's definitely uh, good debate, but they understand they've all got the same motives. This question from Nick, uh, not me. How's the feeling around Carl Amon coming for five years at 650k? He always looks fairly dangerous when I watch Port, but I'm not entirely sold. Yeah, that's fair enough. But then I'm never entirely sold on Port. Now, don't forget mm. that Clarko tried to coax Carl over before. Yeah, been interested in Carl Amon's services for a long time now. And uh, sounds like he's not looking anywhere else. 650k for five years. So if that contract's front-ended, then there's a lot of space uh, in the coming years to fill it with other players. You know, it, it's it's a good move. Costs us nothing. Hmm. We get an elite wingman. Who's our best wingman presently? It would be Harry Morrison, correct? Would, well, yeah. Oh, do you consider him a half-back? Or? No, I don't consider him a half-back. I just... Don't consider him an elite wingman. I even think... Well, but there, I, therein lies my point. I even think um, Moore is a is okay. a far... Well, a better wingman than that. And we've also been putting Nash out there. Ward's been doing wing yeah. as well. But the only reason I ask is the but argument... That, that's the place that he sits, exactly. Carl Amon. And you remember Smithy. You knew where he'd be all the time. Yep. You knew what he's capable of, his ability to move the ball. We want... And he's got a... Carl Amon's got a better boot than Smith. And Carl Amon will bring to our side something we don't presently have. We have capable wingmen. We don't have dangerous wingmen. That is the difference. I think Carl Amon is elite in that regard. And uh, I'm sold. I want him at the club. I I feel like I would be disappointed if it turned out that he went somewhere else. With his kicking ability and his speed, we can play a much faster game style, which is exactly what Sammy wants. That's what Sammy wants, 100%. Uh, Last questions here. Hanson, who should be the next captain for 2023 and beyond? And uh, following on from that, one from Neil. On the principle that you want your team to aspire to be like their captain, who's your pick for captain? Hard to go past Hardwick, in my humble opinion. I I had my questions about Sicily until he took up that spot in the midfield the other week. Really? That was the thing that won you That over. was the thing that tipped not, me. Not his stint as captain while McAvoy was on the sidelines. It was when he went into the midfield against Richmond. Yeah, and then he kicked a goal. And I thought, <laughs> oh, thought wow, well, that is a dimension that I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. that he could actually take it upon himself to go outside his comfort zone in defence, where he, he's probably going to be All-Australian, yeah. and be able to change the course of the game. And if he can do that when we're a lot better, mm-hmm. they just said to me, here's a bloke that's all about the team 
and is and will do whatever needs to be done. There's Sicily, then daylight for me. I don't know who else. But as we know, it's all about standards. It's not all about on-field stuff. And Jager does brilliantly with standards. I think also I want a captain that's going to have some continuity for a long time. I want them to install a captain that's not, you know, that's of a certain age profile. I don't want a captain that's there for two years and they give it up because they're retired. That's what that's what we've done. You know, happened happened with Ruffy, Stratton, McAvoy. I want a, a captain that's going to set standards for a for for a protracted period of time. Anyway, we look forward to seeing that announced in February. <laughs> they long do time. take a long time to announce it. <laughs> they do take a long time. Do you reckon they take that long to make the decision? I, I don't think they even address it until January, really. What's the point in that? Get get the whole club settled first in terms of personnel. And by the time you've hit January, everyone's pretty much set and you're all getting back in the swing of things over summer training. And you're the road to round one has really properly begun by then. And you have all the pieces in place. Then you decide who's going to lead those pieces. Anything else spring to mind? Stuff you'd like to see in the off-season happen at Hawthorne? Uh, as far as the recruitment's concerned, it's going to be well, you got midfield. to get Jacker to sign on. Oh, the yeah. word is Brockman's not leaving. Yes, actually, yeah. Which is a very, very big relief to me because yep. he's just, he looks totally elite. They're, they're all, there's a couple of those tidbits now we've had floating around. So Tyler Brockman staying mm-hmm. is one that we've heard just today. Uh, we brought up in a previous podcast that Seamus Mitchell is going to be retained. Mm-hmm. You'd imagine, based off what we've seen just past weekend, that Saunders is part of it. Yep. Long's already contracted. Yeah, Long's already contracted. Heard nothing about Jekka. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? If there was any danger of him falling off the list, you'd suggest that what he's shown this year as a defender has saved him, surely. Speaking of defenders, we didn't talk about him earlier. We should have. Mm. DGB, that's his <laughs> best game. Yes. Yeah, I saw people online calling it breakout performance. I wouldn't have called it that. But okay, all right. It's a very good performance mm-hmm. and a great way to see him end the year. Yes, definitely. And uh, I think people are being... And if he is trade bait, well, that... No. <laughs> well, it flows nicely have you into seen what I was all about those? to say. Have you seen all those? Yes, I have. Yeah, people just hold your horses, all right? Wow. What's he played? 20 games? Well, settle down. It took Mitch Lewis about 50 to become main event they're Mitch. not gonna. They're not going to trade DGB for to get back into the 20s. Do you I'm remember how... Just the, putting that out there. Do you remember there. Kane Corns, I think it was, who proposed uh, DGB for... Jamara Hagen, do you remember that? Yeah. That looks good now. I'll do that. <laughs> Feels like it was about five years ago. Was that April? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long year. Been an enjoyable oh, one though. It's a, yeah, it's been a long year. I mean, I haven't I haven't heard Sam Frost's name in ages. Sam Frost, not a name I've heard in well, quite a long time. When he was everything, he was everywhere at one stage. He was playing forward, he's playing back, he's probably on the wing at some stage. He could, he could do everything. He's hard to pin down, Frosty. You just can't, you don't know where he'll be. Go on, and I know, then, I know and you want to mention he, it. When he's dressed up as a chicken, he's yep. even harder to find. There it is. Apparently. What is so, this? Is this a Mad Monday thing? This is a Mad Monday thing, Okay, yeah. how have you heard about this? Uh, well, you drink with the wrong crowd, Nick. Okay, if, so your, yeah. own, your own Mad Monday then. <laughs> Is it is it Mad Monday if you're flying solo at the bar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay tuned, folks. There'll be a Hawk Talk podcast Mad Monday very soon. Yeah, well, you know, 
Don't forget to ring the club. Don't ring the club and complain. No, no, you. I'm saying you. I'm not going to ring the club and complain. They've always been very, very lovely towards me. I was speaking to them today and they're, they're up over 80,000 members in total, including 4,500 mm. members for the AFLW, which in an inaugural season is massive. That's fantastic. I just can't wait to see how many thousands they get at Marvel. I said it last week. I want Look, them to it'll surpass. It'll probably rain, mate, so don't hold your breath. I, I just want them to surpass Essendon Port Adelaide. <laughs> That's it. They only got 20,000. I think 20,000 for and, this game. And that was at the first quarter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You'll easily surpass them at half time, let's face it. And now Essendon, of course, is at least a couple more short by staff. Oh, jeez. So- <laughs> Anyway, that's Saturday, 7.10pm. We'll be there. Marvel Stadium, Essendon versus Hawthorne. A history-making inaugural clash for both of these clubs. We very much look forward to it. Look out for the bloke trying to incite a melee. That's where we need to bring those kids back. Tell you shush again. (laughs) That'll be it. We'll be back next week to recap all the action right here on the Hawk Talk Podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.